Set one. Given a choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Would you like to go first? The thing about having a dinner guest, right? Then I would question, why do we want to talk to a particular dinner guest? Because most of the people that we really respect has a lot of cloud and content about them, books that have written already, right? It would be very selfish of me to ask them to be a dinner guest, but if I could, probably Elon Musk. Uh. Elon Musk, wow, yeah. interesting. I know it's very nerdy, very nerdy, but uh, I think people like him has made a big impact in the world, and I think that's something I really respect. I just want to get his two cents on things. But the truth is, he has already had a lot of podcasts already, so... Mm-hmm. I think we can actually just refer to those podcasts. But yeah, if I could have a dinner guest, I would love to talk to Elon Musk or at least introduce him to Chakritel. Okay, sorry, very very nerdy, very nerdy. Wow, interesting, Elon Musk. Okay, yours. Huh, interesting. I took a very different approach. I was thinking of like uh, someone that I can never reach again personal relations rather than you know people who are like still present the first person i thought of is like my grandparents <laughs> yeah just to uh say those things that you know i didn't have the chance to tell them when i was young yeah so that would be my dinner guess do you have a language barrier with your grandparents mm, still okay my grandma can speak english grandfather can speak chinese so i guess it's okay what would you have wanted to say to them to my grandfather i would actually want to say i'm sorry yeah, so I was uh, quite a tough kid to take care of when I was young. I would like um, throw tantrum and I would uh, very playful. So basically very playful and uh, usually he would he would be the one that, you know, um, pacify me, entertain to all the, you know, all my crazy needs. And also I remember my parents would uh, beat me for, you know, stupid things that I do. My grandfather would actually uh, be the human shield for me. Yeah, and I didn't appreciate him enough. Until, yeah, when I grow older, then I realise, oh, he was actually a really sweet person. Question two, would you like to be famous in what way? I wouldn't say I would like to be famous in like the influencer way. Such that like, you know, you walk on the street and everyone knows you. I would think if I can choose to be famous, I want to be famous in like my career. Like in terms of within the industry, yeah, and in what way? So um, famous in a way that people recognize like um, my expertise, my thought process. Yes. What about you? I don't want to be famous. I think the most important thing is impact. The perspective in which I see my existence here is just to make a better difference before I came and after I left this world. Yeah, that's all. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, sounds easy. Question three. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you are going to say? Why? Do you want to go first for this? I think it depends on different contexts. Let's say when it comes to quitting a job. I had a call. uh, There was once I quit my job where I literally just penned down, okay, what am I going to say? Why am I going to quit? All that kind of of stuff, right? So in those kind of more serious professional contexts, definitely you need to rehearse what you're going to say, what points you want to make, and you want to seem reasonable and logical and I definitely do prepare and rehearse what I'm going to say in my professional work it's also client facing so I need to present to them numbers a story behind the numbers and I definitely rehearse what I'm going to say not not verbally but mentally oh okay my uh, I would say my approach quite similar to yours except that I will usually verbally rehearse but it also depends on the context of the call if it's like very important uh, instead of writing right I would legit like uh, verbally say it out so I'll, I'll go through one time like okay um, this is what I'm gonna say 
So it, it's quite silly lah. Our, our you were saying in broken sentences, is it? No, I will take it as if like I'm really going on, like I'm on the call. So I verbally say out everything, then hear myself, see if there's anything that doesn't make logical sense. Because I feel in a phone call, you should go uh, straight to the point, especially if it's very important and you don't waste the person time. Yeah, depends on the context. For important context, I would verbally rehearse so as to not slip up. Question four. What would constitute a perfect day for you? No work. <laughs> no work? That, that sounds very sad though. Is it? No work. Uh. Like you, you Can are, you elaborate? You're not, you're not obligated to wake up and do the 9 to 6 grind. So um, not exactly no work, but you don't have to like, you don't have to comply with the 9 to 6 grind. You can work by any time you want. Okay, that's not my perfect day. But what would be a perfect day you know, but what, what's you? your What's your perfect day? So simply no work and doing whatever that you want. Essentially weekends. Mm, yes, having the freedom to do whatever I want at any time I want. So basically lose the whole concept of time. If that makes sense. No, then let me complete. I think everyone wants that, right? But everyone is bogged down by a job. But I think we had this uh, lot of conversations about that. Okay, what would constitute a perfect day for me? A productive day. A productive day. To tangibly make small steps towards the big goals that I want to achieve. I think that would be a perfect day for me. Ooh, to be cool. productive and... Make progress. I think progress is the biggest word. Question five. When did you last sing to yourself to someone else? I sing to myself all the time. Uh, I sing to myself in the car. I love singing in the car. It's so therapeutic. <laughs> I listen to heavy metal, rock. Uh, yeah, I love, I love screaming. So and you scream screamers. in the car while you drive? Uh, so off, yes, yes. Don't judge, don't judge. <laughs> To someone else, does mm. a kid counts? I guess so, as long as he's someone. I'm right? teaching ukulele, so I sing with him all the time. So it's like a, he's a, I think a P P one boy. So oh. I'm teaching this, teaching him this song, uh, somewhere over the rainbow on a ukulele. So yeah, I mean, oh. I, I'm singing to him, right? And it, and it counts. I think it's quite fun. Like so my cute. my lesson <laughs> is just to sing with a child. I think it's quite fun. I love singing, lah. So yeah, that's the last time I sang to myself, which is probably like thirty minutes ago, <laughs> and someone else this morning. So cute. I heard that that's the song like, you know, every time you learn a new instrument, that's like the go-to song. Even guitar also, I think. My first song was Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Really? Do you remember how to play guitar? No, unfortunately. Oh, man. I jam. do have a guitar. Okay, then we can jam. <laughs> when is the last time you sang When's to yourself? Also, very recent, uh, before I met you, <laughs> I was in my room singing to myself while I was getting ready. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like, yeah, I think I sing quite often. What love- song was it? What song was it? Let me... Thing it was oh don't judge it was Machine Guns Kelly new song Emo Girl how does it sound like <laughs> let me let me play it Emo Girl uh. yes yeah, why are you emo oh uh, no you're gonna judge no like uh, I used to listen to Machine Gun Kelly song and then uh, he, he released a new song so I need to listen to it okay okay <laughs> nice nice I'll, I'll listen to that to see if it's uh, nice okay uh, starting w- is not bad, yeah, yeah. When's the last time you sang to someone else? Last time I sang to someone else, uh, probably not directly. Does indirectly counts? We can do both. <laughs> so uh, I love singing in the shower. I have my own private concert inside. Do you have a, like a speaker in the shower? Nah, I use my phone. Oh, use your phone now, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, indirectly because uh, I think my family was in the kitchen. I was just having the 
my own private concert in the bathroom. So indirectly, I was singing to them. Okay, how about directly? <laughs> They're not counted lah. That's like, if I drive on the road, then someone see me scream, screaming, then like, judge me, then that's all right. That's the sound that last time you were saying to someone else. To someone else ah. To someone else. Okay, probably my brother. Okay, why? Yeah, yeah. He was audi- auditioning you, is it? No, I think he, he said something um silly and I was quoting uh, music lyrics. So I just sang the lyrics to him. What was that, what was that song? I can't re- it's a Chinese song. Yeah. If I'm not wrong, it should be. If I'm not wrong, I think it's something along the line of Fen Shou Kuai Le. How does it sound like? Fen Shou Kuai Le, Juni Kuai Le. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay, interesting, interesting. I can't imagine you singing heavy metal while driving. No, I, I mean, I don't scream, but I, I like hearing angry music because it takes the anger out of me. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I just came out of that. Vent out the road rage. Yeah. Alright, next question. Question six. If you are able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? Hmm. Which, as in, would you rather retain the mind or body, right? Hmm. I think this is quite clear to me. Before I even make a binary answer, I, I don't like this question. Yeah, I think it's very binary because a good mind can't exist without a good body. Because it needs to be fit, right? But I think, okay, like, if you're thinking absolutes, I'll definitely pick the mind. La. Same, I'll pick the mind. Why? I think that with enough willpower, you can <laughs> train your body to keep up. You know, every time I run, I'll tell myself, mind over body. <laughs> so I will choose the mind and then work on the body later. Why would you choose mind then? Mine, mine, because experience teaches us lessons and I think it's the best way that we learn. Unfortunately, I think uh, if you ask people about the lessons that they have learned in their lives, they can tell you what they have learned. But the truth is, it's hard for you to completely accept it unless they mean a lot to you. So the best way for you to learn is just to go through them yourselves. Uh, and through experiences, they'll teach you a lot. Yeah. Well, this is true with a healthy body, a mind that's going towards dementia also can't do much. It's very limiting. Yeah, I mean, if you take it to the extreme. Okay, question seven. This is easier than I thought. <laughs> question seven. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Oh, wow. Shit, this sounds that morbid. How is this supposed to make me fall in love? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I actually thought about this. Eh. I, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is cancer. Mm. Yeah, because of the, like, the food we eat and the environment we live in I think a lot of things is like causing cancer every time you open Google there'll be something new that is causing cancer so it seems that I, I wouldn't be surprised cancer mm. cancer is a painful way to go if I were to go I want to die fast that's the ideal for everyone very morbid maybe I'll get shot in the head no <laughs> wow. um, no actually I've never thought about it okay next Question 8. Name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. I think the things that we have in similar, it's very vague also. But it's yet, it, there are universal principles that most people, I would say most people, are big fans of. So I think one of my favourite words is progress. Progress towards something. Whether it's our goals, ambitions. I think that's something that we definitely have in common. Yeah, goals. Making progress towards our goals. Or at least I hope to be accountable or be an accountability partner to those goals uh, and vice versa. So I think that's one. Progress. Two things. Fitness, I think physical health is something that, that's, uh, that's something I value a lot. Oh, and I think true. you run, 
you run a lot, right? You almost, you ran what, 800 km, right? 700, 800 km. 800 km, km last, last year. year. Last year. Shit. Oh. <laughs> Physical fitness, I think uh, you prioritize that and I think uh, that's very important to me. That's very important to me. Uh, I think health is everything. No health, no wealth, no what. <laughs> like, I'm just <laughs> speaking out. Cliche. Three things. The third thing that I think we have in common, I think we are quite similar in the way we communicate. I don't know. I like to talk cock. So I think based on our conversations, yeah, I think you're able to talk cock. So... Oh, that's true. Agree. I think <laughs> more to just talking cock, right? I mean, talking cock is just uh, talking, but more to just that it mm. is an indicator of open-mindedness. And I think that's something very, very important. I try myself to be as non-judgmental and open-minded as much as possible. Mm. Be radically open-minded, right? That's what they say. And I think we have that in common three things that I think we have in common. I think the first one will be how we are ambitious and have a zest for life. Yes. Yeah, I think we we are very good oriented, very ambitious. We prioritize growth improvement and not like staying in the same place being constant. I think the way we see life, our outlook of life is pretty similar. I think the things that we value are very common. Like I feel we are very we are both very practical and grounded. This might sound a bit idealistic, but we know like what's important. We are very aware of ourselves and what we value in life and not, you know, go with the flow kind of people. Okay, third things. I kind of want to say communication style so. <laughs> hey, you copy me. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, no. It's easier to go first, right? For the tougher questions, you can choose to go first, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, uh, let me think. Okay, third thing. I think we're both very authentic person. Like, we strive to at least uh, come across as authentic in, like, our day-to-day, even our job, day-to-day interactions. So, that's my three things. <laughs> nice. Question nine. For what in life do you feel most grateful? I think this is easy for me. Okay, then maybe you can go first. To, to just exist. Yeah. Oh, to just exist? To exist where I am. To be born in Singapore, I think that's a very lucky thing already. Oh. Um, to speak English, that's the another big thing already. If you are... Not, not to say other people who have a different native tongue other than English has a disadvantage. I, I truly think they have a disadvantage. But yeah, being able to speak English, being born in quite an awesome country, being able to meet awesome people. Yeah, oh, just, wow. just existing. To exist. Yeah, just existing here. Because oh, it nice. could have been any other way. Mm. If you ask me, would I have it any other way? I would be lying to you if I said that I wouldn't have a slight tinge of jealousy. But the truth is, everyone's starting point is different. And mm. I'm happy with where I am. Or at least I'm happy to be given what I have right now. Yeah, just grateful to be born. Oh, wow. Your answer to it is so simple, but also wow, so deep. I mean, it could have turned out any other way, right? I couldn't be here, right? Uh, I, I'm very brainwashed by my ex-company. Actually, I'm still with the company, VaynerMedia. Gary V, right? He says that uh, if your parents had, let's, let's say, a different cup of wine, right? Uh, you probably wouldn't be here. <laughs> or a different drink. Yeah, you different probably wouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm grateful for that, for just being here. To, because imagine, I think it's quite hardcore that now nah, you're born as a baby. Like, the uh-huh. chances of you as a sperm and an egg, I don't know, like, I know it sounds very scientific, <laughs> right? But you becoming who you are, I think that's a... Uh, that's a miracle, yeah. Oh, like like the analogy out of like a thousand of over sperms. Yeah, thousands of millions of <laughs> eggs and sperms, right? Yeah, and I I am here, right? So that's pretty cool. I don't know, I think that's same cool. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh, in this uh yeah, you put it in this context, it is. Oh cool. For me, for what in life do I feel most grateful? Uh? Um 
Eh, not fr- grateful <laughs> for anything, is it? No, it's grateful for too many things. I ah. can't be one. Can, I mean, you can choose the... Okay, I cannot. This question is, do you feel most... Most grateful? Ah. Oh, or the, or, the, or, the immediate, or the immediate thing that comes to mind? Immediate thing that comes to mind? Uh, it's health. Eh. I'm very grateful that I'm not... Um, Autistic. Yeah, yeah, I'm grateful physically to disabled. be born like physically healthy and also like um brought up in a home that's also um healthy in a healthy environment. Yeah, I think that is um something we can't choose then therefore I think yeah I'm super grateful for that. Question ten. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, whoa. <laughs> What would it be? Wow, this is tough. I think one thing if I could change if I were to be raised, right, would be the limiting... I think it's a general Asian mindset, uh, the limiting belief around money. Uh, I think that there are good principles of being frugal. Um, but the truth is, right, I, I, I somehow feel like we subconsciously demonize money in a sense whereby if you earn a lot of money we tend to demonize rich people for doing it not to say that my parents did any of that i think it's that's not the case uh, it's also maybe from uh, my school surroundings my friends yeah, yeah if i if i had a more healthy relationship with money to know that it's a tool to be used to accomplish what you want then i think it would be great uh, even right now when it comes to freelance working jobs quoting offers from freelance clients right? I, I still have that limiting belief and I think uh, it's I would love for that to be changed like, gradually changed. because if I were to change your limiting belief about money it could take a traumatic experience to change it overnight but unfortunately or fortunately has, the traumatic event hasn't happened to me if I could change I mean I'm still changing my mindset about money right now to see it more as a tool to do what you want at the end of the day most people want financial freedom and I think money allows us to get there yeah. Ah, okay. So if you were to change something, it's your perspective of money. Yeah, perspective. At right. a young age. So also business, also money. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, sorry. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I'm trying to be as authentic as I can. Oh, okay. Hmm, okay, for me, I would change the way I see play in a sense like I would want to be more curious. Like I might have my curiosity uh, nurtured. Let me do things just for fun and not like everything that I do, I have to produce something. Yeah, I think that would be something... When you say like produce so something, do you mean like an expected outcome that they wanted you to achieve for anything that you did? Mm, yes, so when I was saying like when I learn something, then there will be like an end goal. Not that it's, not, not that it's a bad thing. It's actually a very good thing. But uh, this also make me a bit discouraged to want to try things that I feel I might fear in. Something I'll change is just, just do things for fun. You don't have to get a cert out of it. You don't have to get recognition out of it. What would you try even though... I think I asked you this before. What would you try even though you know that you will fail at it? Wow, that's a deep question. Yeah, I asked you this before, right? Yeah, I asked you this before. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember my answer, but if I have to think again, what would I try even Even right now, yeah. What fail. do you think you want to try but you know you will fail? You know you will fail. I mean, like oh. me to give an example. Okay, sure. I think podcasting is something I'll do even though I know it will fail. So what, what do you mean by fail? So there are, there are different definitions of fail. Mm. One is overall subs, uh, subscribers, minutes streamed. Like how many mm-hmm. people are listening to this? How many hours of this are streamed over, uh, overseas or whoever is listening to this, right? From a, let's say a big brand's perspective, right? My reach might not be as big. Yeah, so from that perspective, it's a failure. 
but from a negative slave morality. Okay, I, I won't go into that, but from a from a way to convince myself that this is worthwhile, right? I don't deem it as a failure, even though like there's virtually no one listening to this, because I know that it's a means to meet new people, have meaningful conversations, and them being recorded forever and ever and ever. So I know that, let's say for this, the beauty about recording a podcast is that 50 years from now, I can listen to this conversation and relive that exact moment. Unfortunately, this is an audio-only podcast, (laughs) so I can't see it. But yeah, yeah, I can. I mean, audio is half the experience. Relationship is one thing. You try dating people even though you will fail at it because you just know what's out there. So that's the definition of failure. What would you do right now even though you know you will fail at it and how do you quantify failure i think it's important to quantify failure ah okay what i think i'll do first so when you're sharing about the podcast the first thing i thought of is i would uh create products i'm actually like curious about so i share with you about a coaster i just want to create a coaster that actually meets my needs even though it may not sell in the market but as long as it meets my needs i think i'm happy with it. it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to turn into a profitable business and another thing uh, that I think I'll do even if I fear, our risk to fear is... Um, what do you mean risk to fear? How about... What? Okay, okay, sorry. Go on. Sorry, sorry. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Um, risk. Okay. Uh, another thing that I would do even though I know I would fear would be... This kind of sounds similar like the, you know, entering the relationships. Uh, I would just apply for jobs that I may internally know is way out of my league. But I'll just try. I'll just go for an interview. I'll just like try to try my very best in it. Yeah, maybe. Because you'll grow so much from the process of applying mm, and getting rejected. Yes. So even if I didn't get the job, um, being put through the assessment center and all the like interviews, I would have a rough sensing of what they're looking for. And some sometimes these companies also provide feedback on how you can further improve. So I think that's really a win. Even if like you didn't get the job. Any other things that come to your mind that you would do even though you know you would fail I think I share with you like the acro yoga right I think I'll try that <laughs> <laughs> maybe I have some broken bones uh, oh for, for context for, for the listeners it's uh, uh, some kind of yoga you can find it uh, A-C-R-O yoga uh, it looks very, looks very challenging but I'm interested mm. to try it <laughs> it's like a uh, combination of acrobatics and uh, yoga move right yeah, yeah. Uh, but a more serious note right now right now I'm producing a series of online courses for, for music theory and even though if I feel at it, I want to do it. Don't care what I think, I just want to do it. Even though I financially-wise it might feel, but I, I just want to do it. It'll make your it. teaching, like your classes more efficient as well, right? Yeah, yeah. but the, the whole impact of, the whole reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is just to, from a very egoistic standpoint, is just to leave a mark in a more positively, tangibly, positively better world, if there's such a phrase. I'll definitely want to do that, even, even though I know I'll feel at it. Question 11. Take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. So when I was a kid, uh, I would say I'm a very playful kid. Playful in the sense that I don't like to study at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm not interested in studying. Yeah, I would always get into trouble with my parents also. Like, like running around, not doing my homework. Fast forward to primary school. Still wasn't very interested in studying, but my mom was a tiger mom. Uh, she would actually really monitor my grades from the small test to PSLE. 
and uh, she also like ingrained in me the importance of getting into a good secondary school, how studying is important in the long run. So from then on, start to be more interested in studying towards PSLE. Okay, then fast forward to secondary school. I think we all have a rebellious phase. So mine was in secondary school. Set one, set two, new environment. Totally new and 13 subjects. So I messed up terribly. I was that student that would always play like catching during recess times and like come back to class all sweaty. Uh, yeah, that was secondary school. Uh, so in set three, I almost retained that scared me a bit. So I think in sec 4, um, no in sec 3, when I got my first few F9s, in sec 4 I was like, I need to wake up my idea. So that's when I started studying and I totally became like those um, very hardcore mugger. So when school start, uh, I would study all the way. Then after school, we had this thing called night study. So I was like a regular student in night study with my friends. So we would mark all the way. And then after night study, I would go home and mark all the way. Yeah, and have uh, 5 a.m. calls with my friend to break down like, oh my gosh, I don't understand this AMF concept. I wish I paid attention in set 3. Yeah, but that that really paid off. So um, I, I did pretty well in O-Level to get me into a JC. Yeah, okay, so third phase of life. Uh, do you mind pretty well, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, for, for the fact that you could go JC, I think that's quite a big improvement from F9s, right? Yes, I. Uh, so for my O-Level results, I would say pretty well as because I didn't get any F9s and um, majority of the grades are uh, starts with an A. So I guess that's pretty well. For context, I couldn't even get into the MJC. <laughs> but he got into an even better JC, right? But that's not true studying. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, continue. Get extra one yeah. minute. <laughs> okay, uh, so fast forward, I try to keep keep up. Okay, so for JC, a uh, very dark period of my life because I felt every day is just studying. And this, the whole two years was just very grey. I just remember it's just like being in a pressure cooker for two years. And I didn't do well for my A-levels. But thankfully, I managed to get into uh, SMU. And then uh, uni life is more interesting. So for that four years, I really um, tell myself that... Oh, actually, funny story. Um, I went into SMU knowing that it's going to make me super uncomfortable because I feel that I don't want to be that painful introvert anymore. So that's why I went to SMU and that four years really changed my life. So for every opportunity, I don't really allow myself to say no. Every class presentation, I don't allow myself to opt out and say like, guys, I don't want to present. I'll just like do it. Yeah, so that really changed my life. So that's for four years. And then uh, fast forward to present moment. I'm two years into my first job. And yeah, still not jaded. So I consider that's an achievement. <laughs> Yeah, so that's my life story. Not as much in detail, but yeah, try to squeeze as much as I can in four minutes. Your turn. Okay, I was born. I think I had very supportive parents that exposed me to crazy things. And one of the things that they exposed me to was music. And I'm forever grateful for that. So I initially hated piano. I think my character is that if you ask me to try anything, I'll just do. And fortunately, I had like a... I was slightly better than average person at it, uh, whether it came to piano or even joining the Chinese orchestra. So since then, uh, if I can summarize my primary school, secondary school, JC, everything was about Chinese orchestra. So I joined all music, everything. Uh, academics were a secondary thing. Chinese orchestra was everything. Uh, so I prioritized that because it made a difference in my life. Uh, I DSA all the way. Fortunately, I didn't have to study so hard. My PSA was shit. My O-levels were shit. My A-levels <laughs> were shit. Uh, but I was very lucky to have leveraged the uh, MOE's uh, direct school admission system to have a true train all the way. Yeah, so music was a very important thing of uh, in my life. What about uni? How's your uni life? One commonality that I 
initially discovered was the desire to create and be a creator. And essentially take responsibility that you can actually make a greater impact if you want to. I think one of the life-changing moments I had was when I organized a music festival with my Deeds instructor. Um, we essentially just wrote ideas on a piece of paper, submitted it to National Arts Council and just a few organizations and got like so much money to just do this thing, right? And I was like, that, that sparked the addiction to creativity for me. Uh, I inherently believe every one of us is creative and we should tap into that, you know, some way woo-woo, but into our creative powers. So from that, uh, from that experience, I created a lot of things. I created, I initiated a music ensemble with friends to go for competitions. We even beat professional musicians at it. I created a symphony orchestra with my friends. Yeah, I like creating stuff and I created a lot of things in secondary, uh, in, in army slash uh, university. Yeah, so I'll say university, I hated it so much. I think as much as I hate it, it's like a love-hate relationship, I guess. Uh, I, I, do, I didn't found the syllabus very, very useful, but I found more of the network that I formed to be the most important. After university, I'm, I had the fortune to work with uh, crazy influencers like Nas Daily just to see the world because creativity is a big theme that I really resonate with. Then I went there, uh, found out what I liked, what I didn't like. I think a common question that all university un- students will usually ask, right? Or what, what do you want to do after graduation, right? The truth is most people are after money. And I wouldn't say that money is not important. Money is very, very important. But try to align yourself with what you want or what you like at least. I did not make decisions that were financially sound at the very start, um, but I eventually figured out a way to make that work. But I think the most important thing is to find a skill set and be good at what you do. I, I know I'm going over the place, right? I wouldn't say my path is a straightforward one. It's more of like, one step leading to the next one, which will always be better. And after VaynerMedia, I'm on to another company as well. And I'm looking forward to that. And bam, that's four minutes. Oh, wow. Question 12. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? Would you like to go first? I have an answer. Okay, sorry, sorry. My answers are very <laughs> business-minded. The ability to code. I think coding, okay, I'm brainwashed by people like Naval Ravikant for the fact that salary discrepancies in software engineer jobs and normal marketing jobs, right, are at least 4 to 5k difference. Um, that is just a proxy indicator to how valuable the skill of coding is. If you are a good coder, um, you will be paid so much money by big companies, but I think more to just being paid money, right? I think money is just one aspect, but the reason why I want to learn how to code is to to create products that I want. Okay, for me, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna come off as like you know quite greedy. I want the ability to learn anything. Wow, as fast as possible. It hey, is a cheat. No, no, that's that, that's like a cheat wish. <laughs> okay, so if I were to zoom now to a okay, particular yeah, 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 a skill, right? Yeah, if you could learn anything, yeah. Okay, a particular skills, ah, uh, I would say the ability to sell anything. So any product that comes to my hand, I'll be able to turn over and get it. So like in ASAP become the world's best salesperson. If I were to think one step deeper, would it be just for money or impact? Or if you were to sell products, what kind of products would you want to sell? Because the ability to sell anything, the immediate thing I think of is just financial benefits. 
aside from financial benefits, what else are you thinking of when you say you want to learn how to sell? When I say I would want to have the ability to sell anything, it's not just limited to products. So even if um in the hum- like human con- in the HR context, the ability to pitch anyone as the perfect candidate for the job, not just like pitch products to users, but also pitch people to companies. Yeah, I wouldn't say uh you, your question is 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 it because of financial benefits, is it? The, yeah, the first thing about sales I think of is commissions long. So it's like ching ching ching. <laughs> no, I I would I would see it as like no, but I didn't I didn't think of it from the perspective of selling people, yeah. Yeah, uh, it'd be amazing uh, to be the worst best salesperson. You can sell you can sell anything, then you can sell yourself also to like any jobs or any opportunities you want out there. I think that's pretty amazing. <laughs>